0: To all Venn alumni and friends, this is Julia and Sam Bloor welcoming you to Venn Radio.
1: Yes, welcome to the program. You might have picked up the subtle title change there from Venn Lockdown Radio to Venn Radio. We are transitioning, of course, uh, out of lockdown. It's been happening for a while in various stages. And the program is following suit. This is something that is going to continue on, now more on a sort of monthly cycle. So following up a week after Common Ground comes out. So Common Ground's going to be out in another couple of weeks. And then radio will follow that and then it'll follow monthly in much the same way.
0: Yes, we are going to continue with um, a bunch of great conversations with alumni. That's right. And um, So you'll be able to hear familiar voices, we'll touch base with some staff members, but we are going to switch that up a little bit as well.
1: That's right, we're not going to be starting and closing with Nathan and Olivia every time anymore, although we are starting with Nathan in just a few moments, but we are going to be hearing from various Venn staff in different programs.
0: I hope you have all been enjoying um, getting back to some sort of regular life. Kids back to school, kindy, back to work potentially. Some people are still working from home.
1: That's right. And having to now come up with different excuses than lockdown for watching too much TV. (laughs) And we made the rather dubious call in the final week, just this weekend gone, to get Disney, which seems a little after the fact. Disney Plus. Yeah, it probably
0: would have been handy to do something like that earlier on. Um, But no, not us. We're we're just cottoning on to Disney+. All the great movies
1: we should have been watching.
0: And and actually, there are some great movies on there. Swiss
2: Family Robinson.
1: Swiss
0: Family Robinson. Here
2: in Walt Disney's production of Swiss Family Robinson is all the excitement you could ever wish for in
1: a motion picture
0: stop. That's all we need to say. It was a favourite childhood movie and Home. we watched it again the other day.
3: Home Alone? When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation...
0: Did we miss the light? <laughs> no, you just made it. Yeah!
3: They forgot one small thing.
1: Have yourself I have
0: a
4: terrible
1: feeling. Christmas. Did you lock up? Let yeah. Yourself be
4: Do we set the timers on the lights? hmm
1: What, what else, else could we be forgetting?
2: Our
0: troubles will be ours. Kevin!
2: Ah! Home Alone.
0: Home Alone, which is actually quite freaky. Watching that again with kids, I'm like, oh my gosh. That's right,
3: there are some some scary bits. I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, (laughs) ten! Keep the change, you filthy animal.
1: There's also Aladdin, both the original animation and the remake from last year.
0: Aladdin, yep. The Lion King, all the classics. Yeah, That's what so we've been up that's to. That's what we got up to. <laughs> that's the last what Level rainy, 2 has done for the us. last
1: rainy weekend. <laughs> we've got a great program coming up for you. We're going to be chatting with Dan Mazengarb, who did the internship quite a number of years ago and recently with his wife Melissa did the VVP that was just last year.
0: We're also going to be chatting to Tim and Rach Wilson. Um, Rach again did the internship many years ago.
1: And we're going to be finishing up talking with Donald Goodall who is on staff here as the director of the fellowship program about that and the song that he wrote, the musical offering that he had in The Last Common Ground. Singing in the Rain. But first, we're going to be chatting with Nathan, not so much in his capacity as CEO for an update, but as the author of a piece that was in the last Common Ground on the doctrine of the Ascension. Nathan, great to have you with us.
3: Good to be with you, Sam and Jules.
0: <laughs> it's in—it's almost in a slightly different capacity this time, isn't it? Yes, it is.
3: Yeah, on it Ven, is in a different capacity.
1: On Venn Radio, not Venn Lockdown Radio. There we go.
0: <laughs> That's right, and I'm actually
3: talking about something I've written, so that, I'm excited yeah. about that,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great
1: <laughs> now, look, one of the reasons you are is that we we'd hope to have Murray Ray on the uh on the program, and he's he's busy as you know, Nathan, pulling together this <clears> amazing <throat> course for next week
3: yeah, I mean I'm really looking forward to this offering for Murray. he's going to be centering the course on the resurrection and exploring through scripture what this what this teaching what this doctrine is but then flowing that through to our everyday lives so i've been down in the office i've been watching the readings getting printed out and sent out to people and i've had a conversation with murray around the course and it's going to be great so again i just encourage you if you're on the fence thinking about do i do this course or not jump in there and do it Uh, it's a really good deal at fifty dollars and Think about maybe doing it with others too um, mm. given given where we are now, you can meet in homes with people, have dinner, then connect in with this course with Murray. it would be great it'd be a great course to do, and there'd be some good discussion that I'm sure will emerge uh, for you uh, from this course with him.
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: One of the upsides, Nathan of not being able to get Murray is that we can chat to you about your article, which was in common ground and not that the resurrection needs an exclamation point, but you talked about the ascension, which kind of is something of the the ultimate exclamation point to the resurrection. Tell us a bit about that, and I guess our reluctance to focus on it. it it's the you refer to it sort of as the almost the forgotten doctrine.
3: Yeah, it's 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 not a doctrine that we think about a lot. It doesn't animate our Christian conversations or our imaginations, really, if, if I'm honest. But I think it's a key, I think it's a key doctrine for us. And uh, by neglecting it, there's some there's some facets of our of Christian life that are, are impoverished, I think. So he ascended into heaven, it is seated at the right hand of the Father. This is one of the things that we confess in the creed. And I think one of the reasons this doctrine has almost fallen out of favor a little bit is because we, as Christians in the modern world, don't really follow the church calendar in the way that Christians in previous generations would. Mm. So there's a sense in which we we miss this doctrine in terms of the church's year. So I think that's one reason that it's that it's fallen out of favor a little bit. And one of the reasons actually why Venn and its various offerings is trying to highlight the importance of the Christian calendar to people because it helps us to focus on the fullness of what God is doing, what has done and is doing and will do in the world. And it, it does focus on the life and the work of Jesus Christ in a particular way, including his ascension into heaven. So I think that's one reason it's, it's sort of fallen out of favor. The other reason is the images of Christ that the ascension point to, particularly Christ as our king and our priest, our high priest, are images that uh, in our current culture really are not ones that we gravitate towards. No. Um, and so there's some additional challenges here around what does it mean to say that Christ is our king and Christ is our great high priest, given those those particular roles don't have a lot of cachet in um, in our cultures around us. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, I know that, but in general, um, king and priest are not, are not sort of tropes that, that have a lot of cachet. Mm.
0: I love what you're saying about the church calendar and entering into into the bigger, the bigger story, the bigger picture of what Jesus actually did. I didn't grow up um, or didn't really have any engagement with the church calendar until sort of my late 20s. And I love that every year it takes me through that again. It's quite, um, well, <laughs> it's quite formative, <laughs> funnily enough. It's, hu-
3: it's hugely formative and there's a discipline around it because I think we have to attend to the totality of what god has done and is doing and will do in the world and we actually have to attend to the totality of christ's life so we have to we have to focus on all that christ has done for us and that's really good for us because um if we don't we miss out on some things if i can put it that way
5: Mm.
1: so what are some of those things that we miss out on do you think, Nathan, if we, if we are underplaying this doctrine or it doesn't feature?
3: Let me first speak to the image of Jesus as our, our victorious king. He is the one in his cross and resurrection who has defeated the dominion of sin and death. And these things no longer have power over us. But of course, when we look when we look around us, we we do see the influence of of sin and death. And individually, we know that one day we will face physical death. So by by looking to Christ as our victorious King, we are reminded actually that that victory that He achieves achieves in His cross and resurrection is secure. And I think it gives us the ability to persevere and to hope, actually, that um, these realities will one day be fully uh, manifest in our own lives. And so I think one of the things around the ascension is we, we're we encouraged to contemplate to to lock on Christ as our, our heavenly king in order that we might persevere in the Christian life, particularly when we're faced with all sorts of discouragements.
1: Can I just jump in and just say that that's that's no small thing, actually, and and just recalling briefly the story of a friend who had watched a series that Rob Harley put together where he just interviewed people. And what essentially converted this guy to the Christian faith was watching a guy with cancer just speak uh, with a a uh, matter-of-factness, that's probably overstating it, but with a calm that he had never seen in anyone else. And yeah, and this guy was just like, I want to have whatever that guy's got that can allow him to talk about his imminent death with his young family around him. Certainly not without some, some grief and some sorrow, but with a confidence that he will see them again that I've never seen in anyone else and it brought him to
3: faith so good and i think this is why the book of hebrews which has uh the image of of the ascension the doctrine of this the ascension running right through it talks about looking to christ and running the race persevering despite all of these difficulties that we face and you've just given a particular example of that I can think about a similar story in my own dad's life when yeah. faced with cancer the reality was he he believed that Christ had had achieved victory over sin and death and he lived in a way that others saw this very palpable way of continuing to live life well if I can put it that way um in the midst of some some difficulty. And I think partly it's because he'd learned over his life to look to Jesus as the one who um, had achieved this victory. And if we don't have that image, I think that the risk is we actually get discouraged. Mm. And we we lose our ability to persevere. So this is where, for me, Christian doctrine really does land on the ground. Um, when we really When we really take hold of these teachings, um, they do actually have everyday mundane implications for us.
0: Nathan, just going back to the high priest imagery, what does that actually mean for our everyday lives?
3: Again, I find this a hugely encouraging image, um, one that at certain moments in my life have been has been an image that I've found hugely encouraging. So. Jesus is the one who um, has, as our high priest, made a way through his sacrifice at, at the cross into, using the language of Hebrews, the throne room of grace. And what we are encouraged to do, because of the fact that Jesus has made this way for us, is to join with Jesus in prayer in our own time of of difficulty or need so Jesus is actually praying for us now I've found this hugely encouraging during times of, of difficulty and challenge knowing that that Jesus as my high priest is praying for me mm-hmm. and it's provided uh, motivation if I can put it that way to join with him in prayer uh, when I've when I face certain certain struggles more than that i think the image of jesus as our great high priest hebrew says he is in every way as we were without sin he's able to sympathize with our particular weaknesses so we have a great high priest before god who understands all the challenges of what it means to be human and therefore because of that we're encouraged to join with jesus in prayer
0: mm, totally
1: Nathan, you and I are going to have a longer conversation about this for a podcast, uh, we're we're hoping. And one of the things that I might put to you then is people challenging that notion a little bit when they maybe think of some things that Jesus didn't experience like marriage or like being a parent. And so struggling a little bit to see how can Jesus feel what I'm feeling or going through as a a dog tired parent right now. Um, I've got some ways of approaching that question I know you will too but maybe if we leave something for the podcast rather than talk about that all now we might leave (laughs) that as a bit of a teaser (laughs) for some aspects that we could we could delve into in that. Sounds great. Yeah but we might have to wrap it up then mate thank you so much for for making the time uh, to to have this conversation great to chat to you in another capacity not just for an organizational uh, update but to begin to uh, unpack with you at the richness of this this doctrine of the ascension.
3: Thank you. It's a joy to be with you both. See you later. See ya.
0: Dan Mazengarb did the fellowship back in 2010-2011 and has done the VVP and is a good friend of ours. And it is very nice to have you chatting with us today, Dan. How are you?
5: Good evening. I'm um... I'm very well for the most part. Yes. Yep. Happy you, to be you, here.
0: You're sounding a little bit blocked up there.
5: by <laughs> uh, yes. I've got um, I've got a bit of a man flu that I'm recovering from. So um, it's quite unfortunate. Um, but anyway, I've uh, with a young baby as well. So sort of a combination of sleep deprivation and flu. It's um. It's an interesting time.
1: Interesting, Max. Yeah, we were just saying before we started recording, Dan, that you're one of the first people we've chatted to that's actually been sick. Not only has lockdown stopped COVID getting spread around, but all the other sort of just common colds and and flus and bugs and stuff as well. So, yeah. Sorry, mate. That's bad luck, isn't it? (laughs)
2: It
5: is. It is. I blame it on the flu jab, which I I get every year and regret it. (laughs) Um, I'm not too sure what the science is behind that. But anyway, yeah,
1: let's not have the anti-vax conversation now. <laughs>
0: <either>. <laughs> hey, Dan, it's been 10 years since you did the internship. What have you been up to over the last 10 years in a nutshell?
5: Yeah, um, well, I um, I went back to Wellington where I finished off um, my degree in law and commerce. And then so worked for about a year at Z Energy. Um, doing a bunch of different things, and then decided I really wanted to try law. And um, at that point, was getting pretty serious with my girlfriend, um, Melissa. So, And she wanted to move back to Tauranga. So we both moved back and um, got married and uh, trained in commercial law for a couple of years. And then we went traveling for um, six months overseas, which was just an amazing time, mm. as you can imagine. And then we sort of were sitting in Europe figuring out well, what should we do? Um, where do we want to go next? I didn't really want to go back into law per se. So we came back to Auckland and um, Melissa went into Kerry College and started studying there. And I ended up um, sort of miraculously working for Christian Savings, which is a, a not-for-profit um multi-denominational finance company if you can get your head around that wow, so okay. um i now yeah we're now in auckland had um had just had our second kid uh, about four weeks ago and wow. um yeah so we've been here for about uh three three and a half years and and yeah um that sort of I don't know how much more you want in the nutshell. Yeah, but no, that's that's, um, that's, 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 that's a covering, good nutshell. That's covering a <laughs> lot of ground really
1: quickly, Dan. So yeah. just zoom in. I mean, you know, worth worth pausing to acknowledge. You've you've uh, Jimmy is coming up too. Uh um, yes. Your first little guy, and so you've had uh, Toby arrive, Tobias, and uh, like another lockdown baby. We're again saying to you that uh, Luke. Fennec and Liv with their little baby Jude. They've had plenty of airtime on on uh, radio programme, <laughs> but to, to hear of another lockdown baby is uh, just a delight,
5: mate. So cool for you guys.
0: How did the experience go yeah. during lockdown?
5: Well, well, we we made the, the genius move to move down to Tauranga, where my in-laws are, and they live um, sort of out in the countryside, uh, semi-rural. And so we had live-in babysitters, um, We had um, all that family support, and we had a a nice sort of nature reserve off the back of the property. So um, lockdown was actually really, really good. I obviously I still had to work um, my usual hours, which was a bit stressful at times from the garage. But um, you know, I I sort of almost feel guilty guilty for saying it, but I actually really enjoyed lockdown. Lots of family time.
1: Hey, Dan, we've got people listening who will be alumni from our internship program, now fellowship program, but also from the VVP. And you and Mel, going going back a bit now, did that together. That was last year, I think.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, we, um, I had heard from some close friends of ours, Karen and Juanita, who had done the pilot program about it and it sounded really really good so and and we also knew that um we were pregnant with our second child and that my parents were moving out of Auckland so we had this golden opportunity to use the free babysitting service Um, and it was really really good um I really really respected the way that the course was set out they don't just feed you full of of knowledge and then say good luck they really take the time to sort of um I guess present these ideas and let let them sink in and let them um, take root in the way that you're going to live. So um, yeah, Melissa and I really enjoyed it.
1: Were there things that you're doing differently as a result of that, or was there sort of some aspect of your life you were able to put under the microscope at that time?
5: Yeah. Yeah. So one, I think transformative thing we've started doing, and it's funny, it's a thing that we've wanted to do for years and years and years. And I don't know why we've never been able to nail it, but we've, Actually, locked down a Sabbath routine. So, um, and this is pre Toby, of course, the second child. But um, as soon as Jimmy would go down on a Sunday night, would um, would get together, would um, have a really simple dinner, would light a candle, and would go. We go through this routine of um, of sort of gratitude and reflection, and um, we talk about certain things. And Melissa and I, you know, look forward to that little time every single Sunday. And I can I can see that if, if we can if we manage if we manage to keep that up, I think that's going to take us on a very different path. Um, you know, because it's a it's a path that makes room for reflection and and rhythm and routine, and um, we can already see just some of the fruits coming out of that time that we spend every Sunday.
2: Mm.
1: Dan, one thing I did want to just come back to before we let you go is your work at Christian Savings, um, yeah. obviously, uh, and we've mentioned on the program before, the economic realities of just what lockdown has meant and, and things are starting to to bite. What are you sort of picking up from an organization that works in, in finance, helps people get loans, all of that sort of thing? What sort of stories are you hearing?
5: Yeah, no, Um. good question. So at Christian Savings we finance churches and charities, um, and we were obviously really nervous that the the lockdown would obviously prevent gatherings and people wouldn't be turning up. So would they be tithing? Would they be supporting the charities or churches that they are part of? And you know what? We've I've spoken to a lot of pastors since then, and they've said that they've actually coped all right. Um, now there are a lot of churches that that, that haven't, but. I've been amazed at how many churches have said that their income has actually gone up in this time. Wow. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's a real interesting sign that, hey, when, when the chips are down, when things get hard, people really rise up and um, show their commitment to something. So, I mean, I, I do think that the, the full economic brunt of the of the the pandemic and the recession that's coming won't be felt for another probably few weeks or even a couple of months I think we're still we're still buffered by things like the wage subsidy and and a few other things so I mean we're still bracing ourselves but mm, the experience mm. we've had so far has actually been really positive Wow
0: well that's quite inspiring that's isn't actually it? a
1: kind of cool note to end on to be honest <laughs> mate um, yeah yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for um, spending the time to talk with us tonight.
1: Especially with a a four-week-old in the background that you said you can hear crying through the wall. So pass on our love to Mel. And uh, (laughs) And thank (laughs) her. And with the man flew to boot, mate. It's been
5: awesome chatting. Oh, no, it's great to catch up with you guys. Thanks so much for touching base. See ya.
6: See you later. I want everything, I want everything now. But am I missing because it's never enough. no no
1: that music here will make sense in just a few moments because we're chatting with Rachel was Shrivers now Rachel Wilson married to Tim and it's great to be chatting to you both guys
0: great to be here
2: <laughs> good good to be talking with you <laughs>
0: Rachel, you did the internship um, in 2009. That is a long time ago. (laughs) But we're still going to ask you the standard question of what it is that you've been up to over the last 11 years.
1: In 90 seconds or less. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Good luck.
6: 90 seconds. Gee, oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, okay, let's go. Um, I think for me it's been, it's quite a long journey from, ideas and principles to people and actualities it's something I've reflected on the last few years Mm. Um, it's funny because when I think of a couple of months before the internship just finishing off my thesis sending it away being really proud of everything I'd written and just thinking yep I'm prepared to stand behind everything I've said and defend it to the death and just so excited about these ideas and it's time to save the world with my ideas.
1: <laughs> what was that, what was that thesis in Rachel? What had you done that in?
6: That was in education and economics.
1: Okay. Yeah.
6: And just, right. yeah. And I think I just felt so blessed to be transplanted into this community of like-minded young people who really wanted to make a difference in the world. That was a huge highlight of my my um, my education, mm-hmm. um, and during the year I worked with the duo Steve Thomas and John Fox, awesome. and we researched education uh, for most of the year. And I think I emerged from that year with a really strong view that education could be improved by um, paying teachers based on their performance, um, and and I really held quite strongly to that view. And I thought, okay, well, I've got to go and teach and just see what the reality is like. And, of course, that was quite different than um, the ideas. Um, Way way more complex than I thought it would be. Um, I think teaching in one of the low-decile schools at one point, sort of wondering why one of the students was really disengaged and then realizing that during lunchtime, his mother had been hiding in the bushes. who would had a restraining order against him. And was asking for money because she was going to prison the next day, and just thinking, "Wow, like I really can't compete with that when I'm trying wow. to give really high quality education program." Yes, um, so many things. I, I felt like I learned so many things in the sort of six years of teaching. Um, a real eye opener for me after sort of the theory of being at Maxim. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I'm not quite sure what to talk about at this point. I, my life took quite a sharp turn, and it was probably two things: Tim and music. Yes. Um, about that. Well, what should I? What shall I? What should I start with? Oh, well, me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely Tim. Um, <laughs> I often remember being at church and kneeling down. And thinking I know that one day my husband is going to walk in the store for some reason. Like I, I don't, I'm not that kind of person who knows those sorts of things. But I would sometimes look in the reflection of the marble altar at people entering the, the door. And, I, and I'd look around just to see if it was that person. And I never <laughs> so was. Great. But one day Tim did appear at church. I
1: feel it in my
6: Me and saw the feeling grow and i i didn't watch tv so i didn't know who he was um but <laughs> we were both doing the readings um, and uh he he said that he was quite nervous sorry ah oh, why am i so nervous telling the story i don't know
2: it's fun, <laughs> <but it's fun. laughs> It's, it's, it's about a tender place. In you can't heart. Talk. <laughs> so well, I, I just remember. I mean, I saw Rachel, and um, I, I just thought she was beautiful. And I was nervous because um, you know, even though I'd done TV, um, that's a different audience. That's very impersonal. But you're standing, yeah. at the, mm. you're reading the Word of God mm. in the house of God, the mm. people of God, and and you're just you're just, and it's not some passing mm. thing. You know?
6: He said, This is my first time reading. Can you give me any tips? I'm a bit nervous. And I thought, Well, that's BS because I know you're on TV. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> so So you rolled. I said, I get quite nervous. What's it like going up there? And and Rachel just sort of rolled her eyes and said it's like walking to the slaughter and looked away. <laughs> and it's like, She's interesting.
1: <laughs> oh great.
6: So no, Tim was just the, just the best thing that's ever happened to me. Absolutely. Oh,
2: you're the best thing.
6: Um,
2: hey, we'll give you guys a moment, I, eh? I was it's... just going to say,
6: <laughs> should we just give you a few minutes
2: there?
6: <laughs> no, you are. No, <laughs> no really. That's true. true. And we, had, we have three lovely boys, Roman, yeah. Felix yeah. and Wilfred. Yeah. I think yeah. at the time today, was it?
1: They're five.
6: Four. Four.
1: four and
2: and Two yeah
6: so yes
2: yeah
6: and at the time that i met tim i was starting to think more about music which is something i've always done and i felt really compelled to really give it a good go um i'd never done it professionally so i spent quite a quite a lot of time recording songwriting um and it's just i think it's just something that I'm, i'm really drawn to from my upbringing um And it was a time of a real soul searching, having children, changing careers, um, figuring out what to do, Um, knowing that that was a desire I'd had deep down, and and um, that I wanted to be a good steward of the gift I have for music. Um, And over the years, like now, I found I find myself uh, doing a lot of songwriting, which is really fun. uh, Working with people in Germany. Switzerland, just sort of writing songs online. They'll send me a track. I'll I'll do a tune and some lyrics. Send it back, and that's that's been quite a a fun way to sort of monetize it and be quite practical about it. And the other side, which is really dear to my heart, is the stations, which is um, yeah, my brother and his wife and I, and it's a Christian devotional music, which I found really just a wonderful project um, as a way of just expressing all of the hardships and the ups and downs of, of motherhood, um, the meaning of suffering and just, just what God's taught me from that.
1: Um, well, we caught you guys at Festival One this year. It was just superb. Yeah, and you had him um, on the,
0: the main stage with a massive crowd. It was amazing. Oh, thanks.
6: Mm. We didn't see you, but I'm glad you saw us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had the kids with us. It was, yeah, it was really, really cool time.
6: Thanks. So that's been um it's been quite a tumultuous year for a couple of years for me. Um, just I've had quite a few health issues, including a hernia, which means that I wake up in the middle of the night and I find myself sort of choking. Um, and so that's been like a total curveball that I, I haven't really been able to figure out why God's allowed that. Um, but it's it's also a gift I've just in the last week having had a really bad week of sleeping. I've realized what a gift it is to, um, to realize my limitations and um, realize also that I think it, going all the way back to Maxim. Um, one of my great desires is just to make a difference in the world. And I think with that is the unbearable fear, like feeling of living a mediocre life. Mm. And I know that on the one hand, that's a God-given desire um, that, you know, that God wants us to, to really make a difference and leave a mark. But there's also ego that gets in the way of that. And I've, it's, been, it's been quite a, an interesting journey for me just figuring out where one ends and the, the other begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my desire to make a difference, what's God's desire for me, um, what you know, mediocrity to me might not be mediocrity to God. Mm. I think realizing that really success for me is is that relationship with God and that daily relationship, everything that flows out of that is is kind of a bonus. It's kind of the fruits, but that's not the end point. Mm. Um the end point for me is just that daily connection with God and and knowing that He's the end point. Um it's not something I'm chasing. It sort of has KPIs attached to it, and yeah, it's
0: it's uh, an entirely different way of thinking, isn't it? It's completely countercultural. It is. Yeah, it is.
2: It's 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 so against the way the world measures success. Like one of one of the songs that probably I think one of the best songs that Rachel's written is called but the Floodgates." Um, it's called "Floodgates," and it's, it 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 describes the floodgates of mercy, God's mercy. And it came from a time when, um, when uh, a third, third boy, uh, Wilfie, just had silent reflux and wasn't feeding, wasn't sleeping. And, um, and that was a time when we were so pressed, you know, as a couple. Uh, we weren't sleeping either. We were zombies. Um, the other kids, you know, they were, they were going feral. And yet we were, we were so close to God. And it was—it was like this. It was actually, um, you know, we felt such a closeness to the Lord uh, that I've sort of, you know, we 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 got through it in a way. And I've 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 looked back on that time. I'm like, how do I get back there? Yes. What's (laughs) what's the way home? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, And and all of that's all of that's expressed beautifully in that song.
1: In terms of things being a bit upside down and not not understanding you, um, guys, when I was Googling to try and track down some of your music, Rachel, I actually came across an interview you did, Tim, uh, with Michelle Hewitson um, for The Herald. And in terms of being misunderstood and looks of blank incomprehension, um, there was a bit of that going on in the interview, just in terms of people's response to... Your newfound faith at the time, because that's going back a few years now, is that a common response?
2: I think I think it was because um, I was an avowed secularist. You know, it's like, mm. hey, this guy used to be one of us. Wait, what? I remember. I remember. Um, you know, a, a, another um, journalist saying to me, you know, we were talking about faith, and he said, "You're too smart for this," and I was like. You know nothing about my heart. And you know nothing about my faith, but mm. you have a cartoon of it. And I saw, so, but I think I remember that interview. I think Michelle actually she balanced that sort of blank incomprehension with the kind of engagement. She, there was sort of like, and we we played up to one another, but there was it was it was a good sort of I guess face off between secular media and um and and someone trying to to represent faith in a in a way that's not necessary. I mean. You know, often Christian Christian people tend ten you know, and it's it's a spiritual value, tend to meekness. I still struggle with meekness. <laughs> and I need I, I need I need God's grace in that. But you know, I was uh I was fighting and um and, and, and covered in the gore of atheists and I loved it and she loved it. <laughs> and it was it was it was a great a great encounter. Um I think it'll be different today. And I think wherever, I mean, she no longer works for the Herald. um, It will be different for her too. Mm.
0: Hey, guys, it has been great talking to you. And we could actually sit here all night and chat with you. (laughs) But we should probably let you guys go. And um, we should finish up here as well. Thank you so much for taking the evening to hang out with us. Thanks, guys. God
2: bless you guys. Thank you.
0: See ya.
6: I want everything, I want everything now What am I missing? Cause it's never enough No God, I'm here at my lowest And all I can do is cry out to you i in the floodgates For mercy
0: Donald and Jenea Goodhall moved into the neighbourhood about a year and a half ago now, and Donald has taken on the role of Fellowship Director at Venn. Uh, so we're working very closely with him, and it is lovely to have you joining us today, Donald. How are you?
1: Uh, I am very well. Thank you, Julia and <laughs> Sam. Um... Hey, mate. <laughs> hey, year and a half on, mate. How are you guys uh, kind of surviving, thriving uh, as a family, not just around COVID, you know, you're take it you're all here. I only saw a, saw a couple of kids half an hour ago, so they're still bouncing around. How, how are you yeah, all going?
4: No, I think we're doing more than surviving. I think we actually are thriving here. Uh, we're loving it. Um, Cape Horn is, I mean, it's pretty hard to complain. Cape Horn is a great place to live. Um, have really enjoyed uh, Auckland. We Obviously, when you move from Hamilton to Auckland, there's a, there's a bit of existential crisis going on. Uh, are we doing the right thing? But um, no, by and large, man, it's been a great move for us.
1: One of the things we thought would be great to do, Donald, was to get a bit of an update about the fellows. How have they got on sort of through COVID and things? How has it affected the, their fellowship? And, you know, we're into module four now. How are they tracking towards the end?
4: Yeah, we're actually only weeks away from the end, which is, uh, well, it's pretty it's pretty sad actually at one level, and then it's a great joy at another. So uh, we look forward to uh, the graduation that will be happening uh, very early July. Uh, celebrating with them Uh, it's been a wonderful time uh, to get to know them and see them you know really journey with them over this last seven months i think really throughout the craziness of the last couple of months uh, and the upheaval of that my hope and my prayer was man if we can just module four in the hay barn everything will be okay
1: (laughs) Um, yeah
4: yeah and that actually was the case for us, which was amazing. Um, obviously, module three for us on the fellowship—that's a—it's a significant uh, module. Runs from March through May. Uh, our fellows are out on placements or doing projects, and so each one of them was um, significantly impacted um, by the by the upheaval. Um, yeah, I mean, we all had to work from home and so they just kind of joined in uh, in whatever organizations they were they were working for, they just had to do it from home. So mm-hmm. really it did in many respects provide quite a unique opportunity for the fellows. Um, they're gonna be the only, well, hope, hope here's hoping, they're the only uh, fellowship, they have to be the COVID fellowship and, and go through a kind of a lockdown. Um, but it does, it does provide, or it did provide a, a pretty unique opportunity for reflection and then we did classes on Zoom. Zoom was, was really helpful for, for, for us to connect. Obviously, Sam, you and I um, jumped on there and did a bit of teaching and, and that That's went right, relatively yeah. well considering all things. I, yeah. I'm, I'm presuming you think it went okay as well?
1: yeah 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 and i mean we've laughed about this with them eh? but six out of seven are introverts uh, on this particular group Indeed. and so we had some some laughs about how that makes for a quiet classroom anyway but then you add the sort of the quietness and people's reticence across zoom we had to sort of name that elephant in the room a few times hey
4: <laughs> yes yes and then you add some unstable internet and that just makes for a great recipe i remember one uh, devotion i tried to do 7am in the morning with a next to no internet connection and um, yeah that was pretty, that was pretty <laughs> that's pretty a low point <laughs> year, to, right. to be fair.
0: So, a lot of people listening will be fellowship alumni or intern alumni and they will all understand the frustrations of the internet down Cape Horn
1: Hey, the timing of chatting with you, Donald, is great because, uh, you know, as Fellowship Director, that that occupies a lot of your time. And I know you probably don't get as much time to spend uh, both appreciating music, but also contributing to the music space as you'd like. And yet in this last edition of Common Ground, you've done this amazing piece that you've pulled together, a, a sort of a song, a musical offering, really, around Pentecost, Singing in the Rain. Tell us how that came together
4: yeah um so it came together really by a conversation um John denison Melody Cooper and myself had we were asked to kind of think collaboratively about um some artistic offerings for Pentecost um and we really we we kind of unpacked some of the things that were on our hearts and uh, on our minds obviously the the drought uh, up here in auckland um has been in the media quite a bit in the coming in the weeks leading up to uh, this this time of pentecost Mm -hmm. and so we kind of quickly gravitated towards imagery of of rain and water and the water of life and then obviously there's just a a stack of um, biblical texts and images and metaphors that are used by the writers for me there's a there was another dynamic here and that is i'm i've always been or for a long time been drawn to this connection between babel and pentecost you know the confusion of languages and then really um one one author says the transfiguration of of that when pentecost and outpouring the spirit occur uh mm. where the you know, the many languages then is kind of redeemed and wrapped up and goes forward and you know the wonders of god are proclaimed and there's this there's this little passage in um acts three where peter is it's a little further on but peter is um says this he says repent Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And then there's this little line that's always, again, grabbed my attention. It says that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And um, yeah, so that was also in play, this kind of Pentecost, um, refreshing water. And so I thought I would better record something, record some rain or go outside and find a river and just, you know, get my iPhone and record. And so this other idea that was forming of confusion of languages started to play with that, and I thought actually if we do layer up verse upon verse, it'll sound both um, confusing and, and and kind of capture something of that X moment. Uh, but it'll also sound like water running, water falling into water. Uh, so I tried it, I pulled uh, Melody and one of our fellows, Asher, together and we just quickly played through a few verses and I thought, oh, that's sounding half decent, I'll give it a shot. Um, and then I had to quickly learn uh, Garage Band and try and record something. So yeah, there's one thing... We know that feeling. It's one thing to uh, play music and I've, I've really enjoyed that in, um, in, in the years gone by um there's another skill in writing music and i've done some of that it's something i probably haven't done enough of to be fair it's something I'm, I'm probably need to continue to, to practice but there's a whole another set of skills recording music so i felt uh, this was kind of a challenge on all three fronts um, but yeah stoked to be able to create something that um, is an offering in this space uh, when you know pentecost is such a wonderful celebration in the church
1: oh yeah. yeah I mean it was just great as was John's poem and as oh, was Nell's it? photo essay you know the three just went together so well
0: yeah well we appreciate it thanks Donald and thank you for taking the time to chat with us today see ya
1: see ya later thanks mate to the that brings us to the end of another program.
0: It does. And what a privilege it is to sit in our walk-in wardrobe (laughs) and chat with such amazing people. Yeah. Every episode that we've done of this, we've just had awesome people to talk to. And there are so many more. So hopefully we'll be able to do it again in another month's time.
1: Absolutely right. And we'll be doing that after the next edition of The Common Ground. That's coming up in two weeks' time. The theme of that is going to be the church. Okay. And so following on from the last one, which was Cost, it's actually fitting that as we're returning, many of us, to church services over the next few weeks, to actually theme that around the church. So really looking forward to that. Awesome. And we'll see you after then.
5: Don't you dare close your eyes